Brock Lurie Likes Wilco. That's why it's the bumper music. Welcome to the Brock Lurie Podcast. I'm the producer, Ari David. And uh, let me introduce you now without further ado, Brock Lurie. Yay! You know, I think that, that technical thing that you do where uh, you try to amplify your clapping of hands and make it look seem like a huge crowd, I don't think it's working. I really don't think that, I, I just don't think it's going to work. Well, considering our show budget is about eight cents, I don't think it should work. <laughs> you know, because what this show has, in, you know, is integrity. Yes. Not high quality <laughs> special effects to convince the listening right. audience that there's a. Uh, on, the con- on the contrary, I think we have incredible special effects. You, you would have the impression, for example, that uh, you're only seeing two people, you're only hearing two people in a, in a small office space. Uh, with a computer as a, a podcast recorder. I mean, boy, I mean, people will have no idea that that's actually happening. So the special effects are extraordinary in that sense. Do you think these are special effects or special needs effects? <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you about Wilco, since you brought up Wilco. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we went to a concert. Uh, actually, you and I, Ari, had a nice time. And one of the interesting things about Wilco concerts, the music is great, really wonderful, a lot of good energy. Uh, but you notice very few people with tattoos. You notice that? I also notice very few people who neglected showering. That's right. They were very clean. And um, the, while there was some minor occasions of uh, casual drug use, there was also very few people passed out, right. overindulgence. Yeah. There were no fights in the stands. Yeah, no fights. It was very yeah. clean, uh, clean enjoyment. I mean, you, you know, I, my, my guess is that you know, it's not a Mormon crowd. It's not a Christian band or anything else. It's just a very easygoing band, uh, easygoing group of people that simply like good music. So I just thought it was interesting. Anyway, that's Wilco for you. Today's topic, uh, I really want to explore a little bit with you. It's uh, what's going to happen uh, from uh, in the future in terms of a law. The law in the future. Uh, are we going, you know, that the law has always been, I mean, different industries change all the time, right? The music industry has changed, certainly. Uh, where you go, I mean, the, the obvious example is they've moved from LPs to CDs to digitized and so on. Books have also moved into the digital world and the publishing has changed. And not only that, but people are have different uh, interests. So books uh, have moved into, I don't know, teen novels and comic books and things are always changing in the different industries, right? What about the law? I mean, medicine is also another good example. Um, Things are changing all the time there. And with Obamacare, God knows what that's going to be in the near future. But what about the law? What about the law? Well, here's what's not going to change. And then we can talk about the things that will change. my, My theory is that the law will change only in the periphery uh, in terms of the way things are Exchanged information is exchanged in the same way we have emails, uh, we can send documents and things like this. But um, the actual mechanics of the law um, are not really changing, um, and and they won't ever change. And here's why: you will never be able to have a computer make a decision for um, a conflict, right? I mean, you can never. You might have to be able to have a computer fix a person who is uh, not feeling well, right? I mean, kind of like in Star Trek. You know, the Bones, you know, waves a little wand over his body and the, 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 the wand tells uh, Bones and McCoy, right? 
what, uh, what ailment this guy has, or even if it's a broken bone, and then he can do something with it and just maybe tap a button and boom, all of a sudden he's fixed. That day may come, I mean, who knows? Um, and at, at some point, doctors, if you view them as uh, glorified mechanics, well then, then at some point it may be that a computer can handle all these different things. It's just a question of di diagnosing what the problem is and then, then fixing the appropriate, you know, fixing it, right? That's what a mechanic does. You know, no, no insult to doctors here, but as a practical matter, you send in your car to get fixed. It's making a strange noise. The mechanic figures out what the noise is, and it's the carburetor, let's say, and they replace the carburetor, and then you're off on your merry way after paying them a ridiculous amount of money that they robbed you of. But you get the idea. Doctors will be the same way at some point. The ailment will be uh, more easily uh, found out, and uh, the cure will be, therefore, appropriately administered. But the law is not the same. You can't come in and say, okay, well, I've got um, an easement issue on my property where my neighbor is constantly uh, violating the easement, um, and you know, what computer can fix that? Right? So maybe uh, somebody's got to tell the story, and somebody on the other side is going to have to tell his version of the story, and some other human being is going to have to decide who's right and who's wrong. Right? I mean... That's the way it well, is. Well, you're talking there about um, the legal process will yeah. never change. The, 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 way. the legal process but, will never change. But the thing that I'm thinking of when you're talking about this that has a potential of changing, both for the good and the bad, mm -hmm. is that what laws are enforced, what value systems a society has that creates such laws to be enforced. Mm. That's a floating point. Yeah. In other words, the morality of a society at times is sometimes better and sometimes worse, and thus things that shouldn't be tolerated are, and sometimes things that oh, yeah. should be tolerated aren't. Right, right. That That's true. Uh, but, but I'm talking about the, the basic stuff uh, in terms of uh, breach of contract, for example, uh, what fraud is. Um, people will never say that lying is not lying. It either is or it isn't. I mean, yes, if we go to a Soviet-style uh, um, core system, I suppose that everything is up in the air at that point, but... But that's an example of a society breaking ground that's right, to breaking a lawless down. state. Right. Now, and whether a judge will decide to enforce the law, I mean, like that famous uh, judge who, um, woman judge who decided to take pity on this man who had just killed uh, several people and uh, decided that she's not going to send him to jail. Was that Rose Bird? No, that's another. That's she. She didn't want to enforce the death penalty, which is another issue altogether. But yeah, it's a good point. But, the, but she decided that she was not going to imprison this guy because she, she quote-unquote, could not feel good sleeping at night knowing that she sent another black man to jail. He was black. Was she a sensitive Latina like Sotomayor? <laughs> she was a woman that that's Who didn't lack empathy? <laughs> uh, Latina or not, I don't know. But, but uh, this woman uh, decided to let this guy go. go Just truly because it's the color of his skin. And as a consequence, uh, as you might have guessed, he then went ahead and went to some Burger King and killed five people there. Thank you, Judge. Uh, her, you know, a, a great example of uh, when, when public policy and being uh, politically correct leads to disastrous results. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but that's that's a question of the the lax mor moral morals. Well, that, that's that's a case itself, of someone who had a job to do who just did a lousy job. Exactly. Exactly right. It's it's not as if I'm you know we have a new machine to do our things for us. Um, kind of like we don't, like we, like emails have 
largely replaced the need for messengers, uh, or at least a lot of messenger work, right? In the old days, um, you know, cars replaced horses, refrigerators and freezers replaced the ice man. Yeah, but but the car may have replaced the method of that right. transportation was engaged in, but transportation was still transportation. Exactly. Something or someone had to go from here to there. That's right. And right, and that's the same thing. That's the same thing here. And uh, no, the, the way the law is is administered, uh, you have to. At the end of the day, you have to have two people or two parties uh, duking it out, and then one judge or jury uh, decides who's telling the truth and who's not, and um, and what in fairness uh, one party owes to the other. And then an appeals process to correct any that's malfeasances right. that occur right, because within people, that process. That's right, because people will always be imperfect. We know that for the, for a fact. So we have an appeals process for that very reason. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's going to be the same. Uh, and I How long that, has it been like this? Is it, is it a, a function of when a society is, is functional on a moral and ethical level, the mechanics that you're talking about as far as legal procedure have been essentially a universal thing going back in time? Yeah, it's, it's gone back as far as uh, King Solomon. In the old days before King Solomon... Uh, what and, and including King Solomon, uh, whenever people had disputes, people always had disputes. They would they would go to the king. They would ask him for an appointment, basically, and they would say, "Look, you know, your, your holiness, or not your holiness, but uh, your your Majesty, your Excellency, we had this dispute." Your grace, your I grace, believe. Yeah, <laughs> and and the court, uh, the king would hold court, and the the king would. Uh, and that's one of the reasons they call it going to court today, out of the tradition right. of how it was then. That's exactly right. And they would go, and they would they would appeal to his time, and they would say, "Look, you know, please resolve this for us." And he would decree that this person is right and that person is wrong, and and he would just kind of suss it out. King Solomon was uh, took this very much to heart, and uh, the famous case, of course, of the two uh, women who wanted uh, the same baby, and then he made his uh, you know Solomonic decision, where they cut the baby in K half. Yeah, cutting the baby in half. Yeah. So that's the famous one. But but what Solomon did very wisely. Uh, he was a wise guy in some, in many ways, and unwise in many others. But when he came to, he was the one who created the Saharadin. I, I can never pronounce it correctly, but he created, he basically deputized people. Is uh, that when we get into the biblical age of judges, where yeah. people could go for court adjudication, but not necessarily in front of the king, which would be a logistical problem, considering that's, there's only one judge and he's the king, and that's he right. might be it, off at war somewhere. He might be off at war, and he, it, there's only so many disputes he can handle. Um, so he set up uh, 60 or 70 different judges, and he deputized them all, such, and they all had their own courtrooms, and that's the way it worked. And he had certain standards that they had to, they had to meet to, in order to be a judge. Uh, obviously, that to be men, unfortunately, uh, you know, that wouldn't fly today. But they had to be men, they had to be married men, and they had to have children. Um, and that was considered uh, some, you know, necessary for wisdom. So he wanted not only people who were judicious and, and honest and paid well, by the way, uh, but also wise. So that's why President Obama selects for his Supreme Court justices women who've never worked in any other industry right. except colleges and have had no fewer than five abortions. Ooh. Should joking? I not have said that? <laughs> I didn't realize that. I don't know who... Which I'm joking. Question. I know they... Oh, who knows? But yeah. you know what I mean? That's well, well, the Sotomayor definition was of... was never married and she never had kids. Right. These are people not connected to the family structure. They're connected to the uh, university intellectual structure. That's right. So you to, know, to, the women's to them, that's reality. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a very bizarre thing. Yeah. 
So, so that's what Solomon did. He created these 70 uh, Sanharudin. I, I really, gosh, it's so embarrassing. I should, I should know this better. But that system developed uh, literally thousands of years ago, and it really hasn't changed that much. Well, uh, there's also something that might be interesting to, mm-hmm. to discern from this as we have the conversation, which is it sounds to me that these judges appointed by Solomon were not connected to the priest structure of Jewish religious philosophy, but were an independent... Uh, thought process that might be rooted in moral virtue, right. Right. but they weren't religious decreers. No, they weren't. They weren't uh, Kohanes or, or no, priests. No, it, it didn't have to be like that. Uh, and these, these, this was a purely secular uh, part of a Jewish society at the time. And um, it, it was very well received and it was highly successful. And it, it allowed the, a concept of rule of law to prevail. And uh, we talked about rule of law on the other podcast where, you know, if you, without the rule of law, you will not have an economy. You remember that. And this allowed an economy to develop, and it set the pattern for the English system with the Magna Carta and everything else and, and the court system and the common law, what we now call common law, where two advocates would come and argue in front of a judge, and the judge would make a decision, and, and there you go. You're off and running. And why is it called common law? Is it because of the common people, the common... Uh, uh, territory the two are arguing about. Is there a reason it's called Co- that? Common law means is what, what is commonly understood. So um, Smith versus wants to sue Jones uh, because he didn't get uh, his bananas uh, from the contract, um, and uh, as a consequence, he's uh, going to he's going to sue Jones and get that money back. Um, and uh, then the judge makes a decision, saying, "You know what?" Uh, when delivering bananas, because this is the first time I'm really dealing with an issue regarding bananas, uh, because of the uh, but you have to deliver them on time, in light of the fact that bananas uh, get rotten after a short. So uh, there's a reasonableness standard, and reasonableness when it comes to food, uh, you have to con- you know, incorporate that, and that becomes now a case that's written, it's published, and that's supposed to be commonly known, hence the common law. So that next time something similar happens, somebody will say, well, Your Honor, if, uh, as, we, as, as this court has ruled in this famous Smith versus Jones case, you said specifically X, Y, and Z, you should hold the same ruling today to be consistent. And so that becomes the precedent. And that's why we have uh, precedents all the time. Civil law is different. Um, civil law basically is a bunch of legislatures getting together and deciding what the law is going to be. We hereby decree that uh, nobody should uh, drive more than 65 in a, in miles an hour. It's not, it's not, that's not a common law situation. Uh, you don't have two litigants going up and saying, you know, I, th- I think the law, you know, the speed limit should be 65 and he thinks it should be 55 and judge make a decision between the two of us. It's, it's not like that, right? Yeah. So we, we're better off with the common law system. It's more successful. But look, uh, turning back to the ultimate uh, issue, and then we should probably wrap up, um, it's a really fascinating area. I, I thought about this when I was 17, when I first decided to become a lawyer. Um, and I thought uh, that the law would, as a reality, dispute resolution will never change. It, you'll always need a third party. Now, whether that's a judge an, or, or an arbitrator or a Beit Din uh, rabbi, well, that's another story. Yeah. But it has to be somebody who makes a decision and somebody whose decision can be enforced. That's, uh, that's the system we'll always have. And it's, so it's interesting to ask, what is the future of any industry? And I think we've asked and answered this question as well. 
And that's why Barack Lurie is brilliant. <laughs> well, I'm just Barack Lurie. How about that? Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Barack Lurie podcast. And good night, everyone.